Hey you, welcome to Tea Talk, a space to share the therapy tea. I'm Shailene, your host, and I hope you'll join me each week as we sit down to share tips, stories, and conversations on getting better emotionally, recovering from trauma, and improving your overall quality of life. I want to remind everyone that even though podcasts can feel therapeutic, they are definitely not a replacement for therapy. Please, at any point, if you feel the need to take a break because the content is too heavy, please do that and take care of yourself. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please do me a favor and leave me a review, share your reflections with me on Instagram and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. All right. So I'm ready. You're ready. And we're friends now. So go ahead and sit down, cozy up and let's get ready for today's episode. Hey everybody. I'm here with Drea Bloom licensed clinical social worker from North Carolina. Welcome to Tea Talk. Oh my gosh, Shailene, thank you. It is such a pleasure to be here. I'm very grateful. Yes. And for anybody who can't see the setup back there in your office, it feels like medicinally, like I feel like I need to be in there. I see crystals and singing bowls and I, like, is this your everyday workspace? It is. It is. So because of COVID, I'm working remotely now. And I figured, you know, I love pretty rocks and singing bowls, anything energetic. And it, yeah. it keeps, it's my little nook and I it keeps it. me grounded. Thank you. I love it. I need more rocks and just anything to help me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, so Drea showed up in a, um, in a couple of Facebook groups, but that's where I first found you. And you were talking about integrating tarot cards and readings into your work as a counselor. And I was like, yes, this is so exciting. And since, I don't know if that was, when I saw the question, you were kind of posing it, at least in my, in my observation, my thought was, oh, she's posing this to see if, you know, this is something that people would be interested in. I don't know if that was your first time, but I feel like in, in asking the question, but in since then, you're now holding a retreat and doing CEs for it. And you've got a Facebook group. So I'm like, wow, this is cool. This is really happening. Tell us a little bit about that piece and, and how you're integrating into your therapy practice, just how you got here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So maybe it'll work a little bit backwards. And it is funny, especially in the last year. Um, well, so a, a big piece though is it's been a little over a year that I, so I'm a trans woman, so a transgender woman, and was living in Southwest Virginia, moved to Durham, North Carolina a little over a year ago. And that's when I started, so living full-time as a woman and putting myself out there as far as wanting to, thinking about how I wanted to spend my time. And so I've been working as a therapist for 20 years already, but I love teaching. And it's a long story. Basically, becoming a social worker was a second career for me. I've been doing a lot of um, teaching English as a second language, lived in Thailand, Japan, Australia, all over oh, Hawaii. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so I kind of had a life, um, a different kind of life. But when um, my family and I moved to Southwest Virginia, reinvented, kind of had to, because mm -hmm. of opportunity or, or lack thereof, reinvent myself. And, you know, it's funny, but, well, maybe I should just, start at the beginning because what happened was I first job out of grad school my MSW was in community mental health only lasted a year but I'll never forget during one of my breaks 
I have no idea how this happened, but I stumbled on an online how to learn tarot course by a woman named Joan Bunning, B-U-N-N-I-N-G, Joan Bunning. She's got a couple of books and I'd always been intimidated by tarot. That's why I was so into things like singing bowls and crystals and, and Reiki energy healing. But I always thought kind of like astrology, oh, it's too complicated. Somehow, though, her website and this free online course made it totally accessible. So I fell in love, and it was right around the same time. So this is like um, 2004, I would say, end of 2004. Um, again, first year in the field, you know, working. I, I'm really into creativity and art. I love journaling, um, I love anything artistic, uh, poetry. And as I was starting to learn tarot, it occurred to me, oh, this, this is kind of like art therapy, like the imagery, like the imagery is so rich. Like, yes, you can use the cards to, to foretell the future, but there's more to the story here. And I guess, again, I don't remember how, but I found a book called 78 Degrees of Wisdom by a woman named Rachel Pollack who was one of the first people to explore the tarot from a Jungian, like from a psychological, like a depth psychology perspective. Mm -hmm. so, so when I found her book, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like tarot, psychology, this can be a thing. But then the problem was, well, because I had started my private practice like um, on the side. It's like, well, how, like, I want to use this with clients. Obviously, I'm not going to read their cards for the future, but as as a type of art therapy, even though I'm not trained in art therapy, I'm like, this is, you know, this is art therapy, right? It's it's using imagery as metaphor, mm -hmm. and intuitive tool. I'm like, okay, how how can I use this? Um, because there were a ton of books, and I was very lucky because I I've been teaching as an adjunct. I just started teaching as an adjunct professor. So I had access to interlibrary loan. I literally had access, like any book in the world I could get through the library of the mm -hmm. college I was teaching at. So I just, I ordered like 20 art therapy books. I'm like, okay, there, there's got to be stuff in here about tarot. Um, this is too cool that nobody's really written about it. And what I discovered was like, there really wasn't anything written about it in terms of how you might actually use it in session with clients. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing is I just like being totally inspired by what art therapists were doing with other things. It's kind of like an inkblot test, right? It's like, okay, it's projected. You just show it to the client and whatever's coming up for the What's client. What's it bring up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So super simple. But art therapy is so rich with all these exercises and activities. And so I just started keeping a notebook with ideas of things that you could apply to tarot cards. Mm -hmm. Then eventually, almost 10 years, and so I started using them with clients, but it was um, 2012, 2013 that I had enough material where I decided to write a book. And so I wrote the tarot activity book. It's under my old name, which is Andy Matzner. But it was still, so living in Southwest Virginia, um, and I, I didn't, I wasn't really talking about it with other therapists. We didn't, I, there wasn't really a therapist. There isn't really a therapist community where I was living. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of me on my own. Um, but fast forward to just a couple of years ago, like on Facebook, I found uh, the witchy therapists of Facebook group. 
uh, not your mom's therapist. You know, there are these cool, all kinds of cool stuff coming up. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, um, I kind of, yeah, like, and I knew that I was going to be moving and I knew that I was going to be transitioning. So it just seemed like, okay, there's, I want to connect in community. Like I've got all these great resources. I want to share them with people. And there's no reason why therapists can't be using tarot in session with clients. You know, it's, it's totally, again, because it's a creative tool, right? Ethically, you know, ethically it's fine. Right. So, yeah. So then it was really a year ago when I decided, well, I, I would like to put myself out into the world, but now that I've socially transitioned as Drea, I feel much more comfortable doing that. And so that's when I created my Facebook group and I connected with Rebecca Bloom, another Bloom um, in Seattle. And I had asked her to do a retreat with me where she, her piece would be make your own tarot cards and I'd be doing stuff out of my book. And I feel like there is such a critical mass now of clinicians who are very witchy, you know, and witchy, you know, whatever that means as far as into tarot, astrology, you know, crystals, Mm -hmm. energy work, dream work, like whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But they felt like they've had to stay in the closet because of judgment. Mm -hmm. And I've had people, I've had other therapists say, well, like on Facebook, when I advertised, right, for a workshop, you should be reported to the board. You know, what you're doing is- Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not shocked because there's so many unofficial police officers- keeping everybody safe on Facebook with all their comments. And it's so, I I mean, I know we were talking before we started recording, you know, the reason for creating T-Talk was really to showcase there are all different ways that people can feel better that, that do or don't have to do with therapy. And so I love that you really like the word that comes to mind is trailblazing. Like you see this opportunity, you see, okay, this can help people nobody's really doing it. I'm going to do it. And there are people that you have helped because of that. And just get out of here with the comments on all of that. So it's just like ridiculous. Um, you know, the witchy pause has me because I think you're right. Like there's something about tarot, astrology, um, all of these other things. It's like, not only do people like the therapist police out there judge them and they talk about ethics and whatever. Um, but they, they're, I don't know, there's, if we take therapy and clinical stuff out of it, they're kind of like associated with darkness and darkness. And maybe that's why there's a judgmental connotation from outsiders in general, but there's also darkness is like the negative spin, but I would say like mysterious too, like people don't really know about it. And so I feel like more and more people are becoming more curious about it. There's where I live um, here in Medford, there's a place called Mystical Blossoms um, Soul Apothecary, and they sell just like mm. all kinds of stuff. But like it is, su- they are like witchy people. And in October, they have Witchy Wednesdays, and they sell all these different like tinctures and like just I I can't explain how lovely it is in there. And I love going in there just to be around different things. Like I feel good when I go in there. I don't necessarily know exactly why or what it is. And so for me, that's why I'm drawn to it. We recently also had um, someone locally who is kind of doing what you're doing, but not a therapist and integrating it into yoga classes. And she came and and did a workshop for, to teach people how to read their own tarot cards. We had it at our practice 
And I think exactly what you're saying. It's like, this is another tool for intuition. We specialize in DBT. So anything that helps connect yeah. you to your own wisdom is really important yeah. to share about. So I just love that you're doing it. And I agree. I don't know what it is for me as a very novice tarot person, the cards and the imagery on the cards. I think that's what makes it feel sometimes dark and witchy too. It's like the images on there, I guess pending. Well, this is what I would ask you how you interpret these cards. Cause I look at some of them and I'm like, this looks really dark and scary. Like the death card, you know, like, I'm like, Oh my God, what does this mean? So tell me a little bit about when you've got someone new to tarot, whether it's in therapy or they're just playing around and trying to, um, you know, maybe foster the relationship with, with themselves, their wisdom, things like that. How do you interpret what you're looking at? And I'm sure you can't teach us within the time that we have today, but just broad strokes. What's up with the images? How do you, what do you make of how people are interpreting them and, and how do you start to? Yeah. What great questions. Well, you know, part of it is, well, it depends on the deck that you buy. There are so many decks and mm -hmm. some are super whimsical. Uh, and so the energy of the deck could be very light. Now it's true though. Most traditional decks have cards like death, the death card or the devil card mm -hmm. or there because the tarot deck 78 cards is divided into five sections five suits so there's the major arcana which are uh 22 cards kind of big themed cards the moon the sun death devil you know the fool magician empress stuff like that and then the other four sections of the tarot you've got things like wands the suit of wands swords pentacles cups right um, and especially the swords, like traditionally, some of the imagery is pretty, can be pretty intense, but you know, it's all metaphorical. That's the key. So even though you've got the death card, it, it doesn't, even in terms of divination, right? Like foretelling the future, if the death card comes up, typically doesn't mean someone is going to actually die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all about, you know, death is all about, I mean, to boil it down and simplify it or not but death's about change right one door closing another door opening and then the devil and and you know people get all hot and bothered and it's funny because and i, I i've talked about this before i mean i i used to live in a part of southwest virginia that was very close to lynchburg where liberty university is and they've got a whole biblical counseling program there. And it's funny to me, you know, that, you know, Christian counseling is never questioned. That's a really right? good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they're using the Bible as, as their touchstone for how they're doing counseling. And, and yet nobody would say, oh my goodness, um, you know, that that's wrong somehow. But, but tarot, you know, the idea that, oh, tarot's, you know, equivalent to like connecting to dark, spirits or, mm -hmm. or that somehow fortune again we're not using it for fortune telling and, and counseling right. but even with fortune telling and i think part of it too is you know in the bible in i think it's the old testament there is one of those laws there are many laws that people do not follow right. and then there are some laws that people get really fixated on and, and one of those laws is that lay people because they used to have divination in terms of the priests in the temple of solomon back in the day but the idea was that if you're not a priest, you shouldn't be um, 
doing any sort of divinatory practice. Mm. So that's why some people who are very religious, you know, Christians or Jews would say, oh my goodness, that, you know, you're, there's a law against. Now, of course, there, there are these other laws that people choose not to follow and why right. they decide you've got to pay attention to this one and forget about the other ones to sure. me it's kind of critical. But tarot too in movies, right? It's just highly charged. But but the thing about it, I mean, for me, in one sense, yes, you could spend a lot of time learning the traditional meanings of each of the cards. And you could use it to to ask, well, what what energetically what's going on right now that maybe I'm not in touch with, uh, that I'm not aware of, right? What are things that I'm ignoring that I should pay attention to? Or, you know, for future stuff as well. Um, but especially with clients, you know, it's all about me as the clinician staying out of the way, or even as a reader, because I do this, I mean, I'll read for future stuff, but typically as a reader too, it's zero about traditional meanings. I don't have to know anything. You don't have to know anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about, okay, so you have a question. And even if you don't, even if we just say, well, we'd like some information from the cards. As soon as you pick a card and you look, you turn it over and you look at the imagery, if you give yourself permission and DBT, right? This idea of wise self. Mm -hmm. So you know all about that. If you give yourself permission and you clear the way, right? You don't interfere. Your deep intuitive self is going to view that imagery and whatever it means is going to instantly appear. It's going to come up as far as what message are you needing to hear based on what you're looking at? Mm -hmm. Like you're going to know it just bypasses left brain, right? It's all right brain stuff. So in, in that sense, it's, it's really accessible, right? It's like, oh, it doesn't matter what the devil actually means. It's that when you look at the imagery, what's it mean to you? What does it mean to you? And people know, again, they, mm -hmm. they really, it's like whatever's going on in their life. And this is what I've seen for 20 years, right? Is mm -hmm. that there's always something that's going to be relevant about that imagery that they're going to be able to connect to and get wisdom or guidance from. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, because even gosh, so it's been 20 years, I'm still, as far as learning traditional meanings, there, there's even still stuff that I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. And that makes sense because as you continue to learn, your interpretation of what it means will continue to shift and evolve as your life does. Would you yeah. say that this all, and I appreciate the, like the little, the historical part around the biblical aspect, because it's kind of like looking at opposing factors in the way that society views this, like light and dark, what's accepted, what's not accepted, what's, you know, what's judged. Um, what's criticized is not ethical. Um, and to me, as you're talking, I'm taking this in as it all comes down to different pathways of healing, but through ways of different, different ways of accessing like spirituality, higher power, mm. the universe, whatever that might be for somebody. And I think that's really important for people to hear because there is, at least in DBT, we look at clients going through different stages and the like ultimate stage that we try to get people to is peak fulfillment, spiritual. Um, I forget what the exact wording is, but there is also research that supports clients who are struggling with 
you know, depression, whatever it is, that if they have a spiritual practice of some sort in their life, that that really improves their treatment outcomes. And so for some people, that's religion and prayer. For some people, that's mindfulness practice. It might be yoga. And for some people, it might be tarot and crystals and sound medicine and all of these other things. And so I just want to highlight that for the ethical people. It's like, this is one pathway to finding something that actually is researched and and indicated and helping helping put something tangible to something that sometimes feels really inaccessible, like spirituality. Like, I think it's hard for people to grasp what that can look like for them. Yeah, I agree. I love how you put that because ethically, well, number one, if someone were to report me, you know, the board would, would laugh because I'm not using it as a, as a divination tool, right? Right. It is, it is a, an intuitive, you know, it's a way to help the client connect with their intuition. Um, But that being said, though, the spirituality piece, like ethically, where it's super important to figure out how clients get through tough times, even during the intake, I've done trainings on, on that and, you know, on how to create intake forms that feel safe because Mm. people are going to feel judged, right? If I'm Wiccan, or it doesn't matter what I am, but certainly among different, like let's say pagan religions, if you don't say on your psychology today profile or on your website, you know, pagan friendly, Wiccan friendly, tarot friendly, mm-hmm. um, you know, new age friendly, whatever it might, you know, woo woo. Right. It's kind of a joke, but that is going to be such a beautiful flag. Signal right? Some safety. Place, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's okay. like, oh, I can, br- I can talk about this here. Yes, I can mm-hmm. bring my whole self. Mm-hmm. And you were right. Somebody might say, well, my spirituality is based in, you know, using tarot cards for mm-hmm. guidance. And so we need to know that mm-hmm. as a clinician because we can incorporate that. I mean, again, ethically, we're supposed to have an understanding of our clients' right. spiritual, you know, background and, you know, is there religious trauma? I mean, all of that stuff. And do they want to develop a spiritual practice? Right. You know, and we can help them or have they had one in the past? Did something happen? I mean, so tarot, there are so many people and especially younger people. And I think COVID, right? Being in quarantine, just from what I've read, things like astrology and tarot mm-hmm. and other things like, um, are you familiar with human design? No. You heard, yeah, the human design, it's kind of like a person, it's like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but it's very... Again, it's kind of woo-woo, and I mm-hmm. and I mean that in the best way. It's it's very kind of spiritual and um, not mainstream, but it's becoming again. It's just a way to categorize people. Um, but there's a whole quote science behind it. But it's the idea that people are very much looking outside of the mainstream for ways to make sense of themselves and the world. And so, as clinicians, again, just communicating to clients that you don't have to hide parts of yourself because you're afraid of being judged. Yeah. And then thinking about the ethics and that you just made a really good point. Like you're, you're, you're signaling, Hey, whatever you're bringing here, I'm open to that. And that in itself is going to be one of the most healing and reparative aspects as opposed to like, what, 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 so I'm curious about the ethical people, the ethical police people, what would they say if their client came in and said, 
you know, I find that tarot is really helpful. What would they say then? I can't do that. Like what the heck, what a terrible experience that would be for their clients. But anyways, we're not going to spend time on them anymore. Let's talk about, um, can we do like a mini reading for me and see what comes yeah, up? Absolutely. You've my, got card, your my cards are brand new, so I haven't got to put any juju on them. Not that I know how to, but like, I don't know. No. Like, do I need to sage them or like light a little match or something? I'm being serious. Like, I don't know. No, 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 no. They're some fresh people. open. Okay. Yeah. Everyone has a different philosophy. I would say because they're new and nobody else has handled them. It's fine as long as you start moving them. And, and some people, it kind of breaks my heart when they um, shuffle a deck and they kind of break the backs of the cards. You know, they do like a Las <laughs> Like Vegas. a deck, yeah. <laughs> like, no. Um, I'm moving the, them around tenderly. I'm just kind yeah. of like. Mm -hmm. However okay. you want. I mean, that's the thing is I would say follow your intuition. However you want to just get your energy on the cards and move them around. But my question for you, Shailene, is do you have... A and you don't even have to necessarily tell me, although, you know, depending on, on the listeners, um, they might be curious, but not yeah. to put you on the spot. No, that's fine. But because we can do just a general reading as far as what do the cards want you to know, or if you have a specific question you'd like to explore. Yes, I was thinking about this earlier, and okay. you'll have to tell me if this is too much to... <laughs> to address in a, in like a couple of minutes or what we have left, but, um, uh, I don't want to frame it as a negative. Okay. Here's me being a therapist already. I'm like, don't frame your question in a negative way. My question, when I was thinking about it this morning, I want to know, like, yeah, when are things going to let up? Things have felt very hard and uh, heavy. And I just want to know like when, yeah, I want to know, I, I keep, I've had rough moments over the past couple of weeks, work-related, personal life, um, mm. friends going through really hard times. And it's been a time of me just kind of sitting back and being like, damn, like, okay, I'm holding on, I'm holding on, I'm holding on. And and I keep telling myself, will you just, Shailene, you keep doing the right thing and keep moving forward and things will not just let up, but they will even get better. But then you feel like you get up and then you have a reprieve and then there's like another wave that kind of like smacks you down. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in between bracing myself and oh. trying to just like, not only are things going to let down, but things can get better in trusting in that. So I don't know if that creates a formula, like an actual question, but that's what's, that's, what's been on my mind is, am I doing the right thing to kind of get not just past this, but like thrive through it, I guess. Yeah. So it's funny, the, the last thing you said, because for me, and I, I know tarot card readers who will be like, I'll tell you when this is all going to change permanently. Like they can really see like time answers mm -hmm. clearly in cards. I don't know if I, I usually don't do that kind mm -hmm. of read, but um, I often surprise myself though because then things will come up where I'm like, okay, this really is something about the future. But I'm wondering if another way to phrase that is, like you were just saying, what, what do I need to be doing to ride this wave and yes. come out the other side? Yes, that better? fits. Yes, yeah. I agree. Because it's less important, like, will it happen October 25th? Yeah. It's more like, yes, give me, I need affirmation that I'm doing things that are going to get me on the right, that will keep me on the right path and that I will yeah. 
get to a higher place on the mountain. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Oh, so yes, absolutely. that fits. Yeah. And we can, I'm, I'm a big fan of picking actually just one card Okay, we can pick more. And it's funny because even with clients, I, I found it, it can be easy to spend an hour having a conversation with simply a, a single card. Sure. But we can go to more if we need them, but that, so that being said, just continue to move the cards around and it's going to be whenever you're ready, right? Selecting one, however you want to do it. And, and they're face down, of course, so that mm -hmm. you're not I'm being influenced, but thinking about that question is, okay, what for, for Shailene, right? Like what it is needing? Well, actually it's interesting because part of what comes to my mind is, well, I wonder what's behind all of this and then how, so maybe why don't we pick two cards? Why don't, okay. so you'll, the first card will be what's going on that is leading to kind of these this rocky road you've been on and then the second card represents the solution right what is going to carry you through okay. to a brighter future yeah okay i've got them okay and we'll do one at a time okay yeah so whenever you're ready you can just show me what you've got Okay, so what's going, what's been going on? The first card is yeah. the King of Cups. Okay. And so what I'll, even before you show it to me, you don't even have to show it to me. When you look at the imagery there, and remember this card is telling you, okay, Shailene, this is why you've been having a hard time. This is the root of things. What do you notice? What's jumping out at you as you look at that imagery? Well, I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> Why? It just feels like, oh, I don't know. It feels kind of deep. So first of all, the deck that I'm using, it's very pretty and it's from a local artist. It's the Philly tarot deck. So all of oh. the imagery is Philly related. So the King of Cups is um, a picture of Nick Foles, who won the Super Bowl for like, he was part of the Super Bowl winning team, right? So he's there with his, with the trophy. But look, he looks so like kind of like tired and disenchanted with like his win. Like he actually doesn't look celebratory and he's holding a cheesesteak in his hand, which again is very like Philly. But yeah. when I look at this, I'm like, there's confetti, there's celebration, but also he's just looks like tired and kind of like, sluggish and so there's all of this celebration happening and all of these wins that have been accomplished but he's just kind of sitting there like taking it in which to me represent like to me that feels like yeah you've done a lot and you're very tired and people celebrate you and they're like I don't know how you do it and you're like uh I I'm like with a struggle like that's how I do it and then I also noticed there's like this little I don't know if this is on all of the king of cups but there's this little tiny looks uh -huh. like a little serpent uh -huh. coming and then a ship um kind of like on the other side so yeah. I noticed that and that makes me think about I don't know to me that says like do you want to stay here or do you want to get out like do you want to stay in this place or do you want to to move forward and when you say this place, this place of like the state of, of exhaustion, yeah, exhaustion, exhaustion and like fear, mm -hmm. like not even really knowing going kind of to my question, like, 
am I on the right track? Am I making the right decisions? Am I doing the right things? And then that being a very exhausting process and trying to pursue these different things. Um, and that reminds me of like, I don't know, when I look at this little snake popping in, it's like, it's easy for that to kind of like gnaw away at my peace and my own ability to trust my own decisions that have got me here, you know, like I that I do know, I, I do know how to make good decisions and, and all of that stuff. So it was a lot that came from just that. And I could keep going, but those were the main yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm curious, I mean, do you feel like when was the last time that you took a true rejuvenating break, right? A, a rest that really rejuvenated you when you were done with it? Well, yeah, it's a great question because his face and how he looks so tired amidst like this great celebration. I feel like yeah. over the last year, people on the outside probably look at my life and they're like, oh, she's living the life. And I, like I am in ways, you know, but mm -hmm. all I've done so much travel. I would say like 90% of it for work. And so my last like real went on a vacation, took a break, disconnect was about a year ago. Yeah. So how am I not having had in the last year, an opportunity to just disconnect, regroup, rejuvenate, mm -hmm. right? Not come back to mm -hmm. things waiting for you where it's super stressful, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how might that lack of re-energization, that's not a word, but it is. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, we're doing yeah. it. I mean, how might that have impacted what you've experienced over the last several weeks? Yeah, I mean, a hundred yeah, a hundred percent in the sense of when things do get hard, I don't have as much space or bandwidth to be able to yeah. take on the impact of what life just seems to throw at you sometimes. And so it's not just that, you know, my dog was in the hospital and I have a friend who's sick and um, I'm stressed about work and there's like turnover happening and we're getting observed by the DBT board and a client, um, like I had like an issue with a client, like it's not it's not one of those things. It's all of those things while I still have to do life and mom and wife oh. and run a bit. And so it's like, if I did the thing that I often tell clients and others to do, then, yeah. then, then maybe it just wouldn't be this way. And I like, maybe I wouldn't feel so tired while everyone's looking at me like, Oh, but look at this wonderful life. And I think that over the past year, there's been, um, so many of those things to me, I've had like these, these opportunities to travel and speak and, and all of that stuff in my mind. It's like, oh, well, there, there is this little bit of judgment that I think other people, maybe my team would say, Shailene's just out there like living her life. But while I'm there, I'm like working and it's an energy output and it's not. Yeah. And so then I feel guilty taking more time off because I take so much time off, but on that time off, I'm doing other kinds of work. You're hustling. You're you hustling. Know? Yeah. yeah. And I'm so tired of hustling. And the little sailboat mm -hmm. about where I'm at right now is I'm preparing to go into, you know, we're in the last quarter of the year. I'm working with my team on next year. And I'm just for the past couple of days, just been thinking a lot about like what I want to say no to next year like what I want to push to the side in order to create more space for things so that I'm not getting to the weekend and then if I have a sudden opening on a weekend I'm not like oh good I can get more work done I'm just like wow how did I mm. get here in in creating 
my own businesses, I have become my worst boss. Like I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that's what I see. That's what I see. It's from that little part. Yeah. yeah. There's, a there's a lot. And you hit the nail on the head because I think anyone who's an entrepreneur, but, but like you said, not only are, are you an entrepreneur, so you are having to, and you have a group practice, right? And you're, you're, but you're not only just running the group, right? You're also doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Right? You've also got, you know, your, your own business and things that you're doing. And like you said, you're speaking, you're traveling, like you're connecting with people all over the place. And you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a friend, you're a pet mom too, right? And so when yeah. that, I mean, that just is heartbreaking. And it's also very stressful because it's a, a huge time commitment, let's say, to go to the vet and then money, right? Money, so much money. So much yeah. money. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so the question becomes, like you were saying, if we don't have this strong foundation, like this energy bank, when we get knocked off course, we just go into depletion mm-hmm. and overwhelm. And we don't necessarily even like have a free day to recover, especially again, being a mom or a partner and a pet mom, like these are 24 seven responsibilities and also being a group practice owner too, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're always having to, you know, like you're the boss, everything comes to you responsibility wise. Mm -hmm. So I want to normalize it because this happens all the time to any entrepreneur, right? (laughs) You've got to work super hard to build the business. And then it's like, gosh, when do I get to step off at least a little bit? Because like this thing now is running. And again, the more well-known you become, the more people, like you said, saying no, right? The more people want you to do things. And travel is awesome, but it also takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Right? Like leaving and then coming, like reintegrating once you've come back. So I think that's the the challenge. And you, you're already thinking about it, like you said, for next year. But mm-hmm. right now, it's like, mm-hmm. gosh, how can I extricate? Like, how can I start to create a life where if these things happen, if similar things happen, where will I have those pockets where, you know, it's right. like the on the road where the truck, there's a runoff where if the runaway and the brakes on the truck go. Right. Put, Mm-hmm. And there's that runoff that trucks can go on to so that they don't right. crash. And how am I creating this kind of space in my life where thing everything's gone to hell and I need a break. And so somehow that's, I'm like building that in somehow. Yes. Like these escape hatches, yes. which means being creative. Like you said, you've got all these things going on, like whatever that would look like would take mm-hmm. you stepping back and asking, okay, like. What am I doing? But it's also hard because obviously you're super passionate about what you're doing. And that's why you've become an entrepreneur, you know, to create your own lifestyle. So if there is a part of you that's like, ooh, slowing down, what are people going to think? What are they going to say? Is there any judgment? So that that's going to be a piece. Right. right? Yeah. And I just think about like this the picture is just, it's like funny in the most ironic way because he's like in the king's chair, but he just, it just, this picture says to me, like, it's not all glamorous. Like it's not so glamorous being 
yeah. you know, the, at the, at the front of the team or, or whatever that looks like. Okay. Can we look at where I'm going? Cause yes, I'm gonna... I know. And, and I know that time's an issue, but let me just say really quickly. And I wonder if you being open and talking about that, like, let's say even on your podcast mm-hmm. or online about, Hey, I want to inspire people to be entrepreneurs and do their thing. But I also want to talk about everything that comes with that. Yeah, I think that might really resonate with people. So I just wanted to put that oh, out. Oh, for there. sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So this okay. next one. The solution, which we were talking about, but what is yes. this? Yeah. So the solution, I don't know what this card is. It's a person that's sitting with two feathers crossed and they're blindfolded. Oh, yes. That's, so. Yeah. So this is traditionally the two of swords, but I want to okay. add- and I'll talk about that in a second, but it's always important to come back to the message that this card has mm-hmm. is related to it, how to solve, right? How to figure out what to do about what you were just talking about. Right, right, right. And so, I mean, things are coming up for me, but I'm wondering as you look at that card, right? If it could speak to you and say, okay, Shailene, like, this is my advice for you. This is what you really need to be paying attention to actually doing. Yes. Does anything and no pressure, but I'm curious. No, it does. does. I mean, I think that the first thing that I thought of, so um, blindfolded and, Mm. you know, has these two choices, a bridge behind and water. And they're also in some sort of position of like, authority like this person here anyway it looks like Mm -hmm. they have like a walkie to to me it looks like someone who would monitor like the parking the police or something like that Mm -hmm. in Philly but as I see this person the first thing that came to mind was like it's your choice to make like which road you're gonna go down Mm. but the other thing as you were talking and kind of saying like you know what does this mean to you what came to me was I spend a lot of time on like, what's the right decision? Like, obviously I want to make the right decision for in in any, you know, area of my life. And when things are hard, I question, like, am I making the right decisions? Like, you know, this is so challenging. Why did I do this? Am I making the right decisions? I don't know what it is about the card, but something to me said, like, you can't see what you can't see what the right decision is going to be. You just have to move forward and trust that, you know, like whatever decision you make, you Shailene pointing to myself, whatever decision you make is going to be the right one because you can't see. And so you just have to make the best decision that you know how with the information that you have in front of you. Yes. Yes. And you can always change your mind later. Mm -hmm. Right. I view decision-making as experiments. Like I'm going to do an experiment. And it's either going to work out or it's going to fail. But Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work the way I want it to, then I'll try another experiment. But you also really connected to a traditional meaning of the card. You know, this idea of um, almost, well, it's interesting, this idea of being paralyzed, right? And overthinking decisions too, right? (laughs) Yeah. So that being said, that card is asking you to have faith. Mm-hmm. because you have a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. like goodness you and so trusting your intuitive wisdom right the outcome is going to be because there's a lot that's outside of our control when it comes right. to outcome 
So the outcome is going to be whatever it is. But like you said, making the what feels like the best decision in the moment and then committing to that decision until, you know, it becomes clear that that it's not the right decision. But, mm -hmm. but until then, just kind of really leaning into it. But I'll tell you the other thing that comes up with that is, and this is also kind of a traditional meaning, but, you know, there's that old saying, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Mm -hmm. And I would consider myself a feminist. I actually taught gender and women's studies for almost 20 years. And it's very, and I don't know about your partner or your kids, how old they are, but often like with women, we talk about the second shift, right? Where a woman is working all day and then she comes home and she might be responsible for dinner, taking care of the kids or cleaning or laundry or whatever. And so she's exhausted, right? It's the second shift she has mm -hmm. to deal with. And so as much as I love Gloria Steinem and this idea of like, yeah, you can do anything. If you're expending the same amount of energy, right? To build a business, to run a practice, to like you said, like dealing and running, like you said, like you're the DBT people now are, you know, like looking at you just to mm -hmm. do you know, like a regular audit, just right. you know, as they do. Um, like that's stressful, but having to prepare for that, but then being a partner, right? Mm -hmm. Being a wife, being a mother, it's like you can't expend the same. There's only so much energy in, in a day. Yes. Like I've been talking about this so much with clients yeah. and business owners around like okay. your bandwidth can only hold so much so it makes sense to be and I'm very fortunate that my partner does a lot of things that like come off you know we're a really good team but to come out of my work day and be so tired and then see my four-year-old who's like I want to play right now I'm like yeah. but I'm so tired and I don't want to play you know like it's you only have so much you only have a hundred percent of each day right yeah. so that yeah that fits as well well, that's going to be the challenge. And I've got a 20-year-old, but I, I remember those days where it's super meaningful for our you know, kids to want to play with us. And like you said, we, we might be so tired mm -hmm. and it's, it's so difficult. It's heartbreaking, right? If we don't have the bandwidth and yet then showing up or not for our kids. So then the challenge does become, right? This is the solution card. It's like, well, because eventually, I mean, if energy is life and we keep expending it and we're not regenerating it, that's when we get physically mm -hmm. sick, right? That's when we get depressed. I mean, all sorts of things happen, chronic illnesses. So it's scary, right? I mean, how many people, I don't know if you've worked with them, I certainly have, where they say, you know, cancer was the best thing that happened to me because it woke me up, right? Oh. It made me prioritize things. Now, we don't want to get to that point, though. Right. We don't want to get to that point. But I just read... Uh, Gabor Mate's new book, uh, The Myth of Normal, right? And he talks about people pleasing and how that's connected to All things. energy oh. going out, sucking yeah. out of your soul and your life force. That right? is really it, true. Right, the research like with ALS and mm -hmm. people being nice and ovarian cancer, it's like really scary because like, oh my gosh, if I am giving, giving, giving and I'm not being quote selfish, right? Protecting my own energy, we don't want the universe to kind of shake us in that kind of way to say, wake, wake up, up. Or you're done. So I think that's the challenge of the card is like, you're, but we all have to do it. I mean, you're not alone, right? We right. all have to ask ourselves, what, how am I going to prioritize my life so that 
I'm using energy in these different areas, but I, I'm also carving out sufficient time and space for me mm -hmm. so that I'm not getting exhausted. And, and that's going to mean disappointing people. It's going to mean disappointing yourself, right? It's like something's got to give. Right. And so in that priority list of everything that's important to me and how I spend my time, even though there's going to be grief and loss about letting things go or maybe minimizing time, again, it, it has to be done because otherwise we just get, yeah, we, we get, get it's bonus, a bonus. Yeah. You don't get bonus time. You don't get bonus energy. You yeah. don't get any of that. So yeah, <laughs> clearing myself. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was really helpful. And I will say, I feel yeah. a bit, I feel a bit lighter in the, like, how did I get here? Where am I going? The last thing I'll say about this card, you said it was the two yeah. of swords. Is that what you would call it? Yeah. Um, but the fact that they're feathers, yeah. I see them, I, it feels yeah. like more hopeful and flexible to me as well. Like it's not yeah. yeah, it's not this like you have to make one of these decisions or you're doomed. I mean I'm seeing no, it as no. like, you know, there is no right decision. You have to trust yourself and you're gonna figure it out because things are co constantly moving and are are flexible yeah. as well. So yeah wow this was awesome thank, <gasps> thank so you much. oh you're welcome I'm so glad you're open to it yeah. oh I love it and I love that someone can listen to this with their own cards and kind of walk themselves through a similar practice or process so this is really cool yeah. tell people about where they can learn more about you whether they're therapists or clients and and things you have going on you want people to know about Oh, thank you. So on Facebook, I've got my group. Well, if you're a therapist who's interested in tarot and you can be a newbie, you don't have to know anything about traditional meanings, just as long as you're interested. Uh, it doesn't matter what level you are, but I've got my Facebook group, Therapists Who Tarot, and we have monthly free Zoom meetups. It's a great way to connect in community. And that's where I spread the word about like the retreats and workshops that I do. And then online uh, website wise, I've got DreaBloomCounseling.com, and that's another place where you can find all of my events. Again, I got a lot of retreats coming up. I got them in Tulum and outside of Seattle. Yeah, some neat things. Black Mountain outside of Asheville and nice. different online workshops. So yeah, centered mostly around you know using how to use tarot clinically and ethically with clients. I love that. We'll definitely check out check out Drea's offerings. I'm going to um post the pictures of my cards today when this Instagram post comes out so that way when the episode comes out so people can see it. Um and yeah, if you like this episode or you know someone else who you think would love to hear it, please send it their way and follow the show, review it. Each one helps. Thank you so much everyone for listening and we'll see you next week. right that's today's episode everyone thanks so much for listening to tea talk i hope that your cup of tea is full today and that you were able to pull something out of this for yourself if you know someone that needs to hear this episode please send it their way and let me know what you're thinking by sending me a message on instagram i love hearing from you all and make sure to follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode and if you are loving what you're hearing please leave me a review and a rating it would mean so much all right, friends, take good care and I will see you next time.